Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I, uh, I just received a text message from my wife and she said both Cashy and I are tuning in this morning. So Cash, this one goes out to you, buddy. Um, and then for those who don't know, my son's name is Cash. So it's not like a bag of cash or anything like that. So in my office, I have a quote that reads, you have to put yourself in a position to get lucky. So I wanted to share a story with you. During World War II, there was a rubber shortage in the country. And we used most of it. We used to get all of it from Asia. And there was a war going on at that time. So it was really difficult to sort of get rubber from people. We were fighting and doing all that kind of fun stuff. And so this scientist at General Electric ended up inventing a rubber-like substance that fit the bill, except it didn't. It stretched, pulled, it bounced, it even snapped in half when pulled too hard. So unable to turn this stuff into tires, GE sent it out to the world, to different people, to see if someone could come up with a use for this random substance they dubbed GUP, right? G-U-P-P, GUP. I can't make this stuff up. Four years later, a professor at Harvard decided to bring this sample of GUP out as curiosity to share at a party he was having. So he's having drinks, having cocktails, and like, oh, hey, by the way, I got this thing called GUP. What do y'all think of it? And there was a, a, an ad man named Peter Hodgson, and he saw all the adults playing with this substance. He decided it would make a great toy. So Hodgson borrowed 147 bucks to buy the rights from GE for this thing called GUP. He put it in little plastic eggs, right? And renamed it what? Silly putty. Hodgson was sure he had a hit. He was sure he hit uh, uh, an absolute home run with this stuff. And he sat back and waited and waited and waited and waited. Silly putty was a total flop. That is until a few months later, a writer from the New Yorker stumbled upon it as at a, at a bookstore in New York City. Now, the New Yorker is still a very, very popular magazine, but imagine in the early 40s how popular this thing was. Everybody read the New Yorker. And so Hodgson's uh, worries were completely over overnight. In less than a, in less than a week, he'd received over 100,000 orders for this stuff, for this silly putty. And when he passed away decades later, the sort of struggling Peter Hodgson left an estate worth over $140 million. So the question is, was he lucky or good? He needed a little help. He got lucky with the article, but he had the idea to where this whole thing was going to go. And he had this idea and he knew that it was going to be a massive product. So yes, Ladies and gentlemen, it is better to be lucky than good, but let's never forget the wise words of Thomas Jefferson. And those are simply, and I'm going to read this quote, I am a greater believer in luck, and I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. So the moral of the story is you have to put yourself in a position to get lucky by doing the stuff every day so that it's easier when you do finally get lucky. So be consistent with it. Do the right things. Do not try and reinvent the wheel and just focus on the five things like we talked about last week every single day and you will find yourself being more lucky than normal. So that's all I got for you today, Teresa.